Yeah, that was a much-needed win last night. My uh, bookie had called me and asked which major organ I would like to use as payment after Sunday's game. Uh, So that was a good one to get. All right, Sharp Square Podcast. This is Hindsight 2020. Do it every Monday. Coming to you a day late this week. I wanted to get in the Monday night game last night. Uh, But 15 minutes, laser focused. We're going to run through our contest picks which it's odd. We went two and three this week, which any normal week I would just shit on and call it a bad week because that's what it is. But after you go one in four, two weeks in a row, and the sky seems to be falling all around you in your personal bets, for some reason walking out of there two and three just didn't feel that bad. It, it's like Mike said, there was nowhere to go but up. Uh, we are still at the bottom level, but uh, we did take a couple steps in the right direction. So let's get to it. I'm gonna start this week with the Steelers game. And I gotta tell you, I was in a bad place mentally by then. I had suffered financial ruin during the 4 o'clock games, and every gambler's been here. I've got the Patriots, and when Dallas wins that game in overtime, so your plus 3.5 that looked so good going into the OT is now useless, I felt snake bit. Meaning that if I'm looking to play other games, my most logical and rational handicap would be, well, whatever side I bet will lose because the football gods hate me and they will intervene uh, through physiology and biology to make these players produce an outcome that will hurt me financially. Thinking about it now, it doesn't make so much sense, but at the time, it seemed like the only logical explanation to all my losing. So, it wasn't good. The Pittsburgh-Seattle game was a great game. It was entertaining. I didn't enjoy one minute of it. Even when Pittsburgh went up 14-0, I just started plotting in my head the ways that they would lose. And what do you know, they all came to fruition. The reason I bring this up is because on Monday I was a little down, I was a little distraught, but I knew the Titans were still my best pick of the week. And in a question of what would make me more upset, losing one more game or finally giving up on the betting for the week and not playing what was originally your best pick and watching it win. So I had to go ahead and fire again. Uh, But it's all the more reason in these games, you really got to think things through. And that's what we're doing in hindsight. So in the Pittsburgh game, I'm going to make it simple. We got a little overhyped betting against Geno Smith. I think Geno Smith did fine. I really think he played about as good as could be expected. And give a lot of credit to Seattle. Two running backs down. I mean, they ran the ball really well. I mean, they ran it down the Steelers' throats to open up that drive in the third quarter. But, you know, everything in this handicap was, oh, well, it's Geno Smith. It's Geno Smith. You got to bet against Geno Smith. I'm not sure that Geno Smith wasn't the better quarterback on the field. 
Because Ben Roethlisberger is a shot fighter. And here's the way you got to look at Pittsburgh. Now, it wasn't anything like, was it a good spot for the Steelers, a bad spot? No, I think it was a good spot. I think we had that right. The problem is it doesn't matter because they don't have any offense. If you are going to invest in Pittsburgh Steelers stock, the cap price is minus three. And not just because that's the number this game landed on. You can't lay more than a field goal with the Steelers. Because despite how good their defense plays, and I thought it was pretty darn good situationally in this game, if you can't score points, it's hard to cover, and that was a big number. And Pittsburgh just does not have the offense to cover any kind of substantial number. So hindsight 2020, I know it was a little bit of a looser play, and the Steelers were the right side from a win-the-game perspective, but that stock cannot be expected to win by any type of margin. There's just not enough offense on the Steelers. All right, another game we got wrong was the Texans, and here's what I'll say about Houston. Houston is a great example of the difference between a cash play and a tournament play. I've been betting Houston cash money basically every week so far this season. And I've done pretty well. They've won more money than they've lost, certainly. But I know that I'm going to be making that play every week. So if I do it over six, seven weeks and they're four and two you know, even five and three, whatever it may be, I'm going to come out on top. They are a bad team though, and bad teams are sometimes going to get blown out. So there's times where in the tournament, you can't take Houston every week hoping to eke yourself over 50%. You've got to pick the spots. The one thing I've realized after this week with Houston in two games where they were absolutely blown out on the road playing teams with very good and aggressive defensive fronts, the Bills and the Colts. So it might be more checking the spot for Houston. You really want them to be in a good position. We might have learned the hard way that this is not on the road against these defensive fronts is probably not where you want the Texans. I'm going to say one more thing about this game, and that was a lot of the handicap was, I think, an anti-Carson Wentz take. I'll take the heat for a lot of that as a former Eagles fan. I have mixed feelings on Wentz. Uh, But I said all week, my, my basic handicap was never underestimate his ability to disappoint. Well, he didn't disappoint here. He was serviceable, and look, Frank Reich has done a lot with that team with just serviceable quarterbacks, so Indy's a team, as they get healthier on the offensive line, they're a team to watch out for. We didn't give them enough credit. We picked Houston in a bad spot, hence we took a loser, but you know this. When When you take teams plus 10, it's probably not a game you lose because it's an 11 or 12 point final. It's often going to be a blowout. These things happen, but we got to be more careful in choosing our spots with bad teams like Houston. Uh, We got a game right. It does happen. We had the Packers. And look, this wasn't necessarily a value play. I I actually thought the number might have been a little bit inflated. 
But here's the thing. You gotta know certain teams have other teams' numbers. And the Packers have just been dominant against the Bears. And what you really worry about with Aaron Rodgers, especially on the road, is his aloofness and his nonchalantness. It sometimes turns the whole team flat. Well, they're always up to play the Bears. And on the road, that stadium is about 25% filled with Packers fans. And Green Bay takes the game very seriously. So we felt good laying a big number with the Packers. It was under a touchdown, so it made it a one-score game. And you want that because if the Packers get up by 14 and you're laying eight, you know, they might not be so hardcore in their defense. It's like, ah, we've got plenty. We got a two-score lead. If Chicago scores, no big deal. Well, then Chicago scores. It's a seven-point game, and your eight-point spread is now a loser. Having it under seven is key. So we paid a lot for the number. It was minus six. We certainly did not get the best of the number. We played a little looser on this one. It was our consensus pick. It was sort of another share of square pick for us. But we decided, let's just go with it. Let's not outthink the room. Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears under a touchdown. Got ourselves a winner. All right, Mike's ultimate decision was the LA Chargers. And this pick did not look good. I don't know if they finished the national anthem before the Chargers were down double digits. Uh, It was ugly. I don't like to be too critical of Mike's ultimate decisions because he's not here to defend himself. You know, I'll rip on mine all day long, but I'll say this, and this is where I'll take a little blame because what we try to do is during the podcast on Thursday, we try to sort of express where we think the pick might be wrong for the other person. Give a little bit of feedback so that when we talk Saturday or Sunday, maybe those thoughts have sunk in. Because, look, if you come into Thursday and you've got your handicap lined up and you've done your homework, someone's probably not going to change your mind right there on the spot, but thoughts might linger. So I tried to throw a few things back at Mike on the pick. He said, you know, oh, the Chargers have a good defense. I looked at their stat. I didn't think their defense was that good. I said that. I also said that at minus two and a half, it seems like the number makes Baltimore the side to play. Short home favorite. I went into this little diatribe about how I think the, the books sometimes lay two and a half as a trap, but... Look, Mike should know better. Once I start laying crazy conspiracy theory, you should start running the other way. But this is the question, and and, and I'm upset that I didn't ask it because it came to mind the week before in his Denver pick over Pittsburgh. And that is, what do you think this number should be? Because Baltimore minus two and a half... I have a hard time thinking that that was wrong because in order for that to be a good bet, Mike had to think the Chargers should have been the favorite in the game, no? It's something that we'll have to discuss, but it's a question I want to ask because I don't know, the past two weeks, I think I think Mike's just got kind of caught up picking winners and not looking for value in the lines. I could be off, but 
at Chargers plus two and a half. Now, we ended up getting three in that game, which was a better number for sure. Well, I mean, a better number would have been plus 29. Then maybe they would have covered. But I feel like at plus two and a half, there wasn't a ton of value. I know he mentioned, oh, I'm getting the quarterback plus points, but plus two and a half is almost suggesting the Chargers needed to win the game. So we'll have to go through that. I want to make sure that Mike's seeing value in these numbers. All right, the last game was Tennessee, and I needed this. I told you before that I'd had a rough weekend. I was doubting myself. My picks have been bad. My cash games have been terrible. But I was on an island with Tennessee. I didn't hear anyone saying Tennessee. It was all... Bills or pass. And I like Tennessee here. After the Bills beat the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, the team that beat them in the AFC Championship the year before, it was their biggest game in years. I mean, the Bills hadn't had that big of a win since Jim Kelly was throwing touchdown passes to Don Beebe. I mean, it was huge. And I just didn't think there was any way that the Bills would be up for the game as much. Now, they played well. But Tennessee went in there with a game plan. They dominated the line of scrimmage. I mean, they were in the Buffalo backfield all night, and Tannehill had time to throw. What I love that Tennessee did in this game, two things, and they were old school by a good coach, Frabel. One, they ran the ball. And Buffalo, for the most part, was stopping the run. Don't let the stats fool you. The stats say the the Titans averaged 6.6 yards per carry. That's because of the 172-yard run. It was one and two-yard chunks the whole time. But they kept Buffalo honest. Yes, Buffalo was able to stop the run, but they were doing so because they had to dedicate to the front. And that allowed on the big third and sixes... Tannehill to constantly complete passes. The other thing I love that Tennessee did with about five minutes left down by seven, Vrabel took the field goal. No field goal hesitancy from him, knowing that they could get another score later that would put them up in position to win the game. Too many coaches down by seven in the fourth quarter, just forget field goals are an option. This was a well-played game by the Titans. I thought the Bills were a little fatigued by the end of it. And I just love, there's nothing more satisfying as a better when nobody wants to go down a road and you are on an island. And then not only, not only does it win, but it cashes. All right, hindsight 2020, we'll see you Thursday.